Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa Coaching, and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, as part of International Women's Day celebration, I speak to Noh Falon, a Ghanaian journalist, writer, gender activist, and actress. She currently hosts a television program called Spotlight. We address the issues of stereotypes, biases, and the cost of inaction of gender inequality. You don't want to miss this episode. Hello, Mum. How are you today? And I hope you're enjoying yourself. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Um, believe it or not, I just got off air and um, I've not had much time before that. So, <clears throat> um, just a few corrections about my what I am. Uh, I, I see you mentioned actress. I haven't made a movie since 2013, so I don't know if I still qualify <laughs> to become actress. <laughs> uh-huh. I, <laughs> are you hoping to make one soon, though? Um, yeah, I, I, I used to want to, but uh, things just get too busy with other things, and it begins to become impossible. If I find a time or if an amazing movie comes along, why not? I will definitely do it. Um, I am still a journalist, of course. Uh, but it's interesting that, you know, we're having this conversation because the last time I, I spoke about this, you know, just prior to Women's Day, I was saying, when people ask me what I do or what I am, I say I'm every woman. Because at one moment, I am a journalist. I might become a teacher the next moment. I might be... A businesswoman the next moment. Actually, I'm a businesswoman. I have a small business, um, which is a skincare business. We can talk about that later. Um, as you can see, I'm also a writer, and I function in different capacities at different times in different places. I'm sure it's the same for other women. So the role of a woman is is so diverse, so involving, so extensive that um, I just say I'm every woman, and, and that's it. All right, that that's that's very good intro. I really enjoy. I think that this conversation is going to be very beautiful because I already love your intro. It's International Women's Week. <laughs> I think that we will go on and keep saying International Women's Month. But I mean, this year I see a lot of momentum. I see many more people joining the conversation, men, women joining the conversation to talk about the inequalities that women face. I want to ask you, what is your view on this year's International Women's Day team? Breaking the bias, huh? Um, yeah. So the theme is actually uh, gender equality for a sustainable future. The hashtag is breaking the bias, but the hashtag seems to have taken over the theme. Um, yes. Yes. So let me speak to the theme in particular. Um, I believe, of course, that without equality, there is no future. Yes, you can step into a semblance of a future, but how sustainable is it? And I, I always say the countries that belong in the future are the countries that have um, deliberately instituted targeted reforms to ensure equality. The countries that uh, are intentional about equality, because it has to be intentional. 
you have to work at it. You have to target it and ensure that it happens. It's not an accident. Equality cannot be an accident. It will not happen in a vacuum. It is because um, the segregation and subjugation of women did not happen in a vacuum. It took a long time. It took years. It took many different activities. And so women breaking the bias and um, achieving equality is not going to happen because nobody did anything about it. It's going to happen because everybody got on board and pushed for it and put in action. So yes, we need to put in action because that is the only way we are going to achieve um, reforms that will ensure equality. And equality means sustainable development for every country. Imagine if you come to Ghana, at least 50% of the population in Ghana are women. Now, how a country like Ghana achieve sustainable development without half of its population? It's not possible. So, uh, half, so until there's equality, there's no sustainable development. That's what I think. That's very interesting because I'm also I'm already going to ask you about the cost of inaction. And you've already alluded to it that we cannot have um, sustainable development if there is inequality and half of the gen half of the population they are not contributing to any development. So what mm -hmm. are the other areas in which women when women are not empowered, we, we the society will suffer because already we know that Many women around the world are not economically included. They are many women are poor in the world. We also know that there are several ways that women suffer. And even the theme around climate change, we know that um, climate, when there is no climate action, when people are not taking action, the effect is more on women and children. And so, what are some of the specific areas that you believe that when we do not act, take action? urgent action actually the society will continue to lag behind so um when you look at unequal societies there's always a huge disparity in different areas there's a huge disparity in healthcare. there's a huge disparity in education and uh like you mentioned as inequality continues it affects economics mm -hmm. of of both um genders and the country so you're going to find that uh, people will be trapped in poverty. And um, I gave you earlier the, the, the dynamics of it. If you have 50% of your population trapped in unequal uh, income, trapped in uh, bad health care, and we know women have a problem with getting the right access to health care, especially coming out of COVID. And inequality also means that more and more women are uneducated, which also means in every country, more and more of your population is uneducated. Imagine, uh, you know, there's a cliche old saying that says, you educate one woman, you educate a nation. So that is the cost of it. If you do not educate women, you are harming the entire population because that one woman impacts everyone. And um, nobody is, is liberated until all of us are liberated, if that sounds familiar. Uh, but... When you have an ignorant mother, for example, who is uneducated, you will find that the children she's raising are more likely to be unhealthy because she can't read simple things as um, even if she goes to the hospital and then they give her medication. Even the simple things like reading it and being able to administer it to her children, she can't do it. There are so many hazards that they're exposed to which she cannot 
actively prevent because she has no idea. So the cost of ignorance essentially affects everyone because it affects these children, the children affect the society, the society affects the nation. So if you have these children growing up with such a mother, it is more likely that they are going to be trapped in this cycle of ignorance, in this cycle of poverty. And what does it do at the end of the day? You are raising essentially a country of ignorant people, a country of poor people, a country of unhealthy people. So whatever disadvantages inequality has affected the woman with is going to be directly influenced on everyone that comes into contact with her. Okay. But you know that a lot of people um, make this argument, especially sometimes when you're in the midst of men, and also a lot of people who don't actually get this issue with inequality. They say, women, what do you want? Now, in most every, almost every home, every girl goes to school the same way the boy goes to school. What is your problem that you are still talking about? inequality you are still talking and i made a post this weekend i said well of course um we have seen several improvements because maybe several years back i couldn't vote but now i do vote when i compare the times of my mother and my grandmothers definitely i have seen some improvement in my life compared to the lives that they lived at the time or the life they even continue to to live uh, right now but then we see some gaps and one of them that i see i would just say one that i clearly see um in our society the way that women are not free there is this bias regarding um a woman's sexuality and sexual shaming that women are anything actually body shaming as well but there is a way that the narrative around a woman's sexuality and how um, it plays out is often um, said in a derogatory or I, I don't even know how to say it, but women are shamed for sexuality or for having sex, all that. So these are some of those things because when we talk about it, sometimes people say, ah, many of you are going to another primary school, there is a gender parity in primary school and all that. And so when people talk like that, how do you feel? So my question usually is, why does it make you uncomfortable? Why does it make you uncomfortable that women are quality? Why are you the one to tell us that um, in every home, like you're saying, in almost every home, uh, both boys and girls are true? And so what, that should be enough? Does that make it enough? Why do you think you are the one to dictate the level of for women? And why does it bother you? that women are pushing for equality beyond what you think they deserve because you are trying to say that um, <laughs> they are all going to school now so it's enough, right? So you are dictating how much equality we deserve and that in itself is oppression. You are one of the causes of women's inequality. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and um, uh, I think that you uh, sexual biases because Recently, I was in a group and a lady posted about, you know, self-pleasure. And there was so much backlash. There were, people were insulting her. People were saying all kinds of things. And it was always tied back to how the man would feel and what the man would think and, you know, how, what the man expects. But look at it holistically. You know, if I am going to school and you're also going to school, but when we come back from school, I'm the one who has to 
clean and cook and scrub and serve you, are we really on the same level? If we come back and different things are required of me, we get home, you probably just like, you know, take off your shirt, kick off your boots, uh, wear your football sneakers, off you go to the park, and then into the kitchen I go to join mommy. Are we really the same? Where is that? Is that the equality we're looking for? No. So there are still so many bridges to equality. Um, and some of these uh, comments that come are the very thing that we Hello, are you there? Yes, I think there is a challenge with the internet, um, the network actually. But this is really a lovely conversation that we are having here. And I, I truly enjoy that even um, given the perspective of um, the narratives that people have and they tend to think that whatever women have had is enough and maybe they, for them, they should continue to have and whatever women have had is enough. There's also something that I recently, I heard recently, I mean, I've heard it before, but the way the person put it was interesting for me. So it's someone that I started to coach as a young boy, a young man, I think he'd be about 29 or something. And I started to coach him and I was talking to him about why I think it's important for women to um, be able to, um, explore, go beyond their full potential, explore some spaces, and do all kinds of things. They said, ah, don't bring uh, women empowerment here. Da, da, da. Then I said, but I, I really want you to understand because there are real issues here. It's not like someone is just saying something because they want to say it, but it's also because these are real issues that need to be addressed and they're there are things that the society suffer if we do not address these things. And some of our problems with leadership and other things is because women are not contributing and in the same way, in the same fashion as men are contribu contributing. And that is a gap. So I was explaining to him that he said, oh, you know, actually, what the problem is, is that when you put a, a man who has uh, maybe an MBA and a woman who has an MBA, they are on the same level. The man cannot be a match to the woman. So there should always be ways. They, they, some of the men are afraid. That is why they tend to suppress the women because women are generally stronger. Then I was like, really, is that what the men say in their spaces or is that what is thought that uh, because women would be able to do X, so we need to, we don't need, we, we get intimidated by the success of women. And I see this in several spaces, even in work environments, in different places where um, the success of a woman or even different places, spaces becomes a problem for a man. How, how do you feel about this? <clears throat> hmm. So this is why I asked initially, um, why are you afraid and why are you uncomfortable? when they talk about women's equality, unless, of course, there is something that you're trying to prevent. And if you're trying to prevent something, right, so we, we have to agree that you are one of the causes of the oppression of women. You get uncomfortable because you do not want women to be at par with you. So when you tell me what we have is enough, you, it, it, it's really not enough. It's just you trying to prevent me from... Until we get to a point where... Uh, everyone accepts the equality of women and accepts that it's our collective job 
then we have not achieved equality. Because I tell my friends, even God is a feminist because he believes that all humans are equal. And if God believes that all humans are equal, then men and women are equal. So why do human beings decide to create barriers to equality? So we need to get to a point where everybody, uh, everybody is feminist. Everybody is a gender advocate because we have to carry men along in a way that makes them understand our inequality is their inequality and oppression. And our oppression is going to impact them also in negative ways. Because you will find a lot of men who speak like this, but they want their, their, their daughters to be equal to other men. They want their daughters to be at par with other men. But when it comes to their spouses, their partners, the women around them, they don't want that to happen. Because why? They want to continue to have the power to oppress these people. But while you retain that power, you also suffer for it. Men suffer for gender bias. Men suffer for inequality. Because they also end up shouldering more um, burdens than they should. There are a lot of men who are cracking under the burdens that they're shouldering. But it's hard for them to talk about it because society has made them understand that this is your job. You're supposed to do this. You know? And as long as you continue to perpetrate that kind of bias and to be one of the factors that enforces that bias, you will also continue to suffer for it. You're going to have children with these same women. And your children are going to suffer for it. Essentially, you're suffering for it. The whole country is suffering for your inability to just let women progress. And what is stopping it? Irrational fear? Okay. So I think that we should go. Let's try to... Uh, because we, we, we talk a lot about these things. But for you, what would be an ideal situation? What would be... A positive light. I know you had said um, things about pol policies, but what are some of the um, things that would make women more comfortable, more free in this in this modern society, the way it is made up now? What are some of the things that will make women more free? A, a collective adoption of equality. It puts everyone at ease, and it ensures that everyone is working towards the same goal. Because without that, it means I am working towards a goal and you are pulling it back. So the progress I am seeking is not going to advance as it should. It's not going to advance at the relevant pace. There's a UN report that says that at current rates of inclusion, it's going to take over 200 years for women to achieve equality. That is out of the lifetime of you and I. It's probably out of the lifetime of our children. Is that what we're looking for? So a world where equality is a common conversation, equality is taught, equality is strived for collectively by everyone because we both understand the assignment and are working towards it. That is a comfortable situation for me because uh, no country, as we speak, has achieved equality yet. Yes. No country in the world, you understand. But I want my daughter to be able to say that she lives in an equal world. I want my son to live in an equal world. And how are we going to get there if just you and I are talking about equality or a certain section of women are talking about equality? Like you said, this year, it was interesting to see how a lot of men uh, were out there pushing with us, you know, hashtagging, posting, saying nice things about women. You could see that there were a lot more men who were celebrating women than we've had in previous years. So it might be a sign that we are getting somewhere after all. 
hopefully we can harness that momentum and channel it into tangible projects and results. All right. I, I uh, thank you very much. This and uh, it's true that many men are joining in the call now, and I, I hope that it means that many more men, and I hope the young boys as well, understand the need uh, for, for, for the empowerment of women, understand the need for women to be free in different, in different domains and different aspects. When we talk about biases, I want to talk about social constructs, how our society is made, because oftentimes you will see that um, we, we tend to perpetuate biases, stereotypes, without even knowing it because we have been oriented in uh, the society, the way it is made up. So sometimes, I like what Mamanda said in one of her books. She said that, you know, even I who says that I am very gender aware, that I know these things, one of my friends has said to me, I am going to the doctor. And so they went and then they came back. And her friend came back. So when her friend came, she said, uh, what, did you, what did she say? What did he say? So already implying that the doctor is a man. And then the friend had said, no, my doctor is a female. And Chimamanda was like, even her uh, who is um, aware of these things and understands the issues often, often gets up caught up in these kind of stereotypes that we have about how things should look, how things should be, what is appropriate, what is that. And in the in because of our orientation, in fact, there are two questions I'm asking here. Because of our orientation as well, many women have, um, have inherently retained some ideas about themselves, about what they are capable of doing, about what 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 uh, they can do and cannot do, and which implies that there are many more women who are unhappy. And in so the first question is that, how do people check their own biases? Because I had said, okay, we are saying break the bias, but I think that we ourselves have many biases, men and women as well. We women also, um, maybe in training up our own children, we incorporate some of these biases and stereotypes in them, and they also go ahead to perpetuate them, and the cycle is unending. But we would hope that we women as well will take a certain responsibility in charting a certain path for, for ourselves, for the society, for our children that we are training. So how do we get this consciousness, that is one. Then the second part is about how do women build confidence to be able to now actually go out and pursue things, even though there are some um, barriers or um, things that they have to overcome. But how do we women build confidence to be able to live a happy life? Okay, I'm going to um, respond to, to the first question first. Um, how do we check our own bias? By surrounding ourselves with people who know better than us, by surrounding ourselves with uh, people of common goals. For example, if you're an activist, you cannot be an activist in isolation. You need around you other activists who understand, like I, I said earlier, who understand the assignment and are going to be pushing you and cheering you on because sometimes your energy is even low for all of these activities. But once you have a whole community around you, 
who are like-minded, who understand the future goal and are able to push you towards it, you will be more motivated than you usually are. We also have to understand that we, we are not, you know, a storehouse of all the knowledge, especially in activism. Things are constantly changing. There are new patterns and ways of doing things. And we have to be open to these. We have to be open to learning because my activism and your activism will be different from the activism of our daughters. And we have to be able to catch up with that if we are able to, if we want to be able to understand each other and work towards a common purpose. So surround yourself with people who know, educate yourself consistently and be open. Be very open about uh, how things can be done, the changing ways of doing things. Because sometimes you even do things wrong and there are people around you who will correct you and be able to teach you the right thing. Now, sometimes as activists, we easily uh, slip into uh, a, a point of all-knowing, thinking that we know it all and our word is law. But we have to be able to shed those kind of um, behaviors and understand that the next activist just might have more information and more knowledge than you and learning from them. I, one of my pledges this um, Women's Day was to teach. You know, I said I would teach... I will teach you, and you is for women. So when the next woman walks up to me and wants to know how you do something or how things are being done, how you got ahead, how you got an edge, how you got an advantage, you should be open to teaching. So while you surround yourself with these people, all these people need to also understand that teaching each other, helping each other, and pushing each other is for a common good. Now, the second one, how do women um, build the confidence to go out there irrespective of all these biases and achieve something, if, if I'm correct? Yes, you're right. Yes. So, uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how, but I just know that we have to, to be pushing. Um, and I, I, I usually tell women and girls, nobody is coming to save you. So you have to get up and save yourself. Yes, the world is difficult. Yes, there are so many um, barriers to you going out there and achieving your full potential. But guess who cares about that more than anybody else? You. You are the person who cares about you more than anybody does. You are the person seeking an improved future. And so that should motivate you. Those barriers have been there for a long time. They might be there for a longer time. But if you don't get out there and push, they will be there for even longer. And that's why you and I exist, to push and break those barriers. So you have to rise up. There's a whole charge out there for equality. You have to rise up and meet that charge. It's not going to do itself. Equality is not going to achieve itself. I hope that's satisfactory. Yes, my dear. And I'm tempted to ask one of the questions, but I'm one of those people who wants to be positive that will we ever achieve it? Will we ever get there? And of course, we want to have hope. What do you think? Of course, we will get there. Um, just as I say, equality is a charge and it cannot achieve itself. Equality is also inevitable. The world has changed in so many ways since my grandmother was a child. Um, and even my grandmother was one of those women who pushed so hard uh, and was able to get some education herself. 
but it's an inevitable thing. No matter what you do, the world will evolve. So if you don't evolve to meet it, you're the one who is going to be left behind. That's why I say the countries that do not institute these changes will be the countries that are left behind in the whole development agenda. Mm. So equality will come. It's like uh, years ago, the black man was wondering, will slavery ever end? Years mm -hmm. ago, we were wondering, will Ghana ever be free? There, there was a time women were wondering if they could ever travel without informing their, their uh, husbands or getting their husbands permission to do simple things. There was a time women did not think they could ever vote. But it all happened. There was a time we could not imagine women and girls going to school. What happened? It eventually did happen. There were people who fought against it, but they were eventually defeated. Because the people who fought for it were far stronger and fighting for a just cause will prevail over anybody else who is trying to oppress the other. So oppression always loses the fight. And that is what inequality will do eventually. Inequality will eventually lose the fight. But the people that are fighting for equality need to be up to task and need to be strong enough to weather it. This is lovely. I want to clap for you because um, that gives a lot of hope. And I believe that many young people who would listen, young women who would listen to this conversation will have hope and will be inspired and motivated to go out there and continue to push. So we've come to the end of our conversation. I would just want to ask you if you have any last words that you want to say, any anything you want to say to young women, this uh, house we celebrate International Women's Day, if you have a catchy key message that you want to share, the floor is yours. So I'll just highlight my, uh, my last speech about this, which was a pledge I made um, at the Three Music Women's Branch on Sunday, on the eve of Women's Day. And I said, there are a lot of women out there, like you and I, who are successful, who are doing well in whatever field they are. Um, some young woman is looking at you, she admires you, she walks up to you and, and says, teach me, um, or how did you do this? How did you get ahead? How did you achieve that? And, and your response is, it's the grace of God. So it becomes difficult for them to replicate your success. It becomes difficult for you to re recreate yourself unless you are willing to teach and open to teaching. So my pledge, in, you know, I said, I will teach you. I will open the door for you. I will hold the door open for you. I will pull you along, okay? And I will serve you. So these are my parting words. I want whoever is listening to be able to commit to that. Make a pledge to someone that you will teach her, you will open the door for her. We talk a lot about who will open the door and all that. You and I will open the door. The keys are with us. So you will open the door for the next woman. You will protect her in uncomfortable spaces to create safer spaces for women. And you will serve her. But I'm also expecting that she will serve you in return, she will teach you in return, and she will open the door for you in return. Um, those will be my closing words. That is extremely lovely. I will teach her. I will open the door for her. I will protect her. And I will serve her. No, Fallon, thank you so much for joining us today on Coffee and Stars podcast, for joining this conversation and sharing your story of hope, the narrative of hope with us, that inequality, Equality 
it's inevitable that inequality will eventually lose the fight that is important for us to continue to move forward, continue to surround ourselves with people who understand the assignment, who have goals, and has to be open to learning. I truly appreciate your time here on Coffee and Stars podcast, and I hope that many young women will be inspired, motivated to continue to push to live a beautiful life. Thank you.